to Fish Nerds, the podcast, where we talk about fish, fishing, and eating fish. I am Dave Kellum. And I am Clay Groves. Together we talk about fishy stuff that's happened to us, people we know, and other fish nerds we've seen. Anything is fair game, and it's a good bet one of us is fishing when we're supposed to be doing something else. <laughs> yes, that's true. Shh, don't tell anyone. Uh, today we're going to be talking about memories of ditching work to go fish, um, hunting and catching the rarest sunfish in New Hampshire, and then uh, and then can't get away from it anymore. Um, we will debate rubber worm color when fishing for smallmouth bass. Big heavy debate. Exciting. It's 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 gonna be it's gonna be heated discussion. Someone's uh, gonna cry. <laughs> <laughs> we have a new segment we're gonna give a, a try. Bizarre fishing gifts. Uh when you're known as being a fisherman, you get lots of gifts uh that have to do with fish, and it's all great, but there are some that aren't so great. But anyway, so we'll talk about those. And uh finally, our fish in the news section. Um, yay fish yay fish uh and that'll that'll do it so here we are podcast number five i believe wow is it five already it's five already go figure it i didn't get you anything <laughs> it couldn't be our our podcast anniversary yeah <laughs> yeah like be holding hands or something <laughs> i know <So. laughs> our our fifth anniversary it's so nice oh, I'm, i got a little tear in my left eye <laughs> <laughs> So fishing when you're supposed to be doing something else. Clay, your name's on this one. What what's up? Well, you know, anyone I think any fish nerd can relate to this. But and as you get older, you I don't know if you do it more or less, but when I was younger, it was easier to do. I think it, I think I had less of an ethic work ethic when I was younger. And not when I was working for you, Dave. <laughs> no, uh, no, no, no. Of course no. not. We got paid to fish then. It was different. <laughs> we did. And I don't know why we ever left that job. That job was over at the Amoskeg Fishways over in Manchester. Awesome. Manchester, New Hampshire. There's a, is a fish ladder, a big dam right there. And we got paid to go fishing, count fish, and play with fish, and be nerdy about fish. And we both quit that job. I know. <laughs> <laughs> foolish, foolish, foolish choices. The... Yeah, um, but we still have elastic impact there, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I think so. This uh, Actually, they must have Lamprey Appreciation Day coming up soon. Uh, June 1st will be Lamprey Appreciation Day. For those of you who don't know, uh, gosh, Dave, what was it 10 years ago now, something like that, you've, yeah. you you kicked off the first ever Sea Lamprey <laughs> Appreciation Day. And well, everybody was always poo-pooing the Sea Lamprey, you know, showing that same picture of a lake trout in Lake Michigan all covered in leech-like eels. And our, and it was always like, look, they're not eels, they're lampreys, and they're actually really cool. And um, Dr. Stacia Sauer out at UNH was uh, one of the key figures that got me to appreciate them. They do a lot of research on them out there. Uh, they have a lab full of them right now, and they they do all sorts of weird endocrinology tests on them. Um, Did you? Did they, you ever hear the story, Dave? And we're, we're off topic, right? But who cares? But <laughs> did you ever hear the story? And this is in Stacia's lab. Uh, now you might have been the one who told me it, but there was a, a workman there in the evening one night working, and he claims to have been sweating, and he sweated, a drop of sweat fell into the tank of lampreys, and all the lampreys jumped out of the tank. <laughs> and they had to call Stacia in the middle of the night and have her come in and and rescue the fish. And the guy you too. told me that story? I did. I think I recounted that story and then and then I think they said they suspected that the guy actually spit in the tank. Right. And I read that this your especially it has 
this has a male trait. Like men, first women don't spit as much as men do, but uh, it's testosterone they're reacting to. Yes, that's our. Yes, that's what I've heard. They have an incredibly good sense of smell, and um, that's what the Sour Lab said is that they uh, they react to to certain men in the spit, and it really agitates them. So uh, who who knew? And apparently, though. They use their sense of smell to, this is a good one, this is a good party trick or a party conversation, <laughs> is that they smell the urine of their kids. Uh, and so, young sea lamb. You know, I've, I've smelled the urine of my kids. Um, it's never made me want to go any closer to them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You have the, the, the urine years. You're in the urine yeah, years. I'm still in those days. <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, but anyway, sea lamprey apparently like that smell because if they, uh, their young live in the mud and, uh, if they're smelling their young, then they know the theory goes that it's good habitat and that the young are surviving. So they want to go back there and lay more eggs. So, uh, but I'm with you. I'm, I'm all for staying away from, uh, from kids urine. Um, so anyway, uh, back <laughs> on topic, we were talking about, uh, uh, fishing and, and work. Okay, so gosh, that's been. And there's two. I'll, there's two stories I'll tell. Um, there was. I was. Te- it actually both happened the same year. Mm. So I was. I was teaching science down in Lawrence, Massachusetts. Okay. I'm a science teacher now, also, incidentally. Uh, so I was teaching seventh, eighth grade science down in Lawrence, Massachusetts. Uh, this is midwinter, and I had a. Uh, I had a meeting in the morning off campus. And so I had a sub in my class for the day, so I figured, wow, cool. Go to my meeting, and the meeting was supposed to take all day, mm-hmm. and instead it took about 25 minutes. Oh, nice. <laughs> and so I I got in my car, and I debated with myself, do I go back to work, or do I go, it was middle of winter, do I go ice fishing? Oh. Now, remember, I was teaching down in Lawrence, so I figured if I drive up to New Hampshire, Lawrence is in Massachusetts, if I drive up to New Hampshire... No one's ever gonna know. <laughs> How would they know, right? So I, yeah. So I drove to Salem, New Hampshire, and I was driving past Canopy Lake, um, and the ice looked great. So I pulled over. I went out in the ice, drilled a hole in it, sat in my bucket, fished for a while, didn't catch a single thing. Went home, you know. After, yeah. And the next morning, I I get to work, and the principal walks into my uh, office. <laughs> And on the front page of the Lawrence Eagle Tribune was a picture of a dude sitting on a bucket ice fishing. And the, the headline is above the fold. The headline is Ice Man Cometh. And it's a picture of me fishing when I'm supposed to be at work. So That's awesome. Uh, not only is it fish nerd, it's busted. You know, <laughs> totally busted. That's awesome. That's good. Uh, and, and the principal, luckily, I mean, either I was best teacher ever or the principal had a good sense of humor or both because she let me off the hook, um, but not without making fun of me a lot and deservedly. Yes, and yeah, when you make it on the front cover or front, yeah, that's that's. Rough. But but you know, the interesting that photo the that year the Eagle Tribune used that photo six times that year. <laughs> <laughs> so every time it came up after that, I was like, "Not a new one, no." <laughs> it's the one. same picture. Look at you know. I only only got broke, caught, caught one time, so. <laughs> so, but the other time, it, and it was working. I was still teaching, but as you know, teachers 
have great hours. Right. And it's a lot of fun. And teaching is, uh, I've always called the, the greatest slacker job on earth. <laughs> I feel like it's easy, but not, most people don't agree with that either. Uh, but I love it and I find it to be something very natural for me. And so, but you don't make a whole lot of, whole lot of money. So right. you have to moonlight a lot of the time. So I was moonlighting uh, as a delivery driver for Domino's Pizza. Oh, 30 minutes or less. 30 minutes or less. And it was no big deal. It was fun. The money was decent. But then springtime rolls around. <laughs> and I'm driving my own vehicle, which always has fishing poles in the trunk. And I got the Domino's Pizza, you know, window decal, the big light-up <laughs> box that attaches to the car <laughs> on there. And I drive by Beaver Lake, which at the time was my, and this is in Derry, New Hampshire, uh, which at the time was my very favorite bass fishing lake. I could, on that lake, just kill, I didn't kill many, but you just, I wouldn't say slay. Every word yes. for catching fish is death. Yes. <laughs> I just realized that. But you would catch tons of fish easily, <laughs> and I drove by that lake, and I saw fish jumping, and it was around 8.30 at night, just dusk, and the fish was just boiling in the water, and I thought, well, you know, I got two pizzas in the car, <laughs> and they're, I'm only going five minutes away from the restaurant, so I figure I got 20 maybe 25 minutes to fish <laughs> before anyone will even notice I'm gone. That's right. They would never figure it out. They would never know. So I pull over, and I grab my fishing rod, and I put on a sluggo, which at the time was my favorite uh, bass lure. Incidentally, it was a bright, sunny day, so I put on a bright sluggo. We'll talk more about that later. More about the, uh, the color later, right? right? The color okay. to the sluggo. Uh, and I made a couple of casts, and I hear a horn honk, and another sedan pulling in with a Domino's oh, uh, light-up box on the roof. <laughs> nice. And I looked behind me, and it was my boss. <laughs> he got out of his car. He walked to my car. He unhooked the Domino's sign and put it in his trunk and reached in the back of my car and took the pizzas and drove away. <laughs> Did he say And it? I never went back to work. <laughs> <laughs> So. Wow, that's a good yeah, one. Yeah, true story. That's a, that's a good story. Yeah, true. Did he say anything to you? Not a word. <laughs> oh, man. So. Wow. Yeah. yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. That's, you that's ever do that good. kind of stuff, Dave? I didn't know. I, I, I haven't. The, the worst was in high school, but, you know, I mean, high school. I remember skipping school, and uh, it actually didn't even necessarily happen to me. I... Uh, I had a friend Tim. Tim skipped school with me, and we uh, we went out. I don't fi- want that guy. <laughs> we went out fishing on a uh, river, and we we crossed a river, and and we didn't want to get our shoes wet, so we took off our shoes and then was trudged across this river and was poked around the other side. Well, the, it was a flood control river, so they had they opened up the floodgates to let more water out of the reservoir. So when mm-hmm. we got back, his shoes were floating down the, the, the river. Oh, no. <laughs> they were actually floating. And uh, so we ran around and got one of them, but he had to go home and explain how he only how he lost a shoe at school. <laughs> so. Oh, that's, it's always tough to, like, figure out how to, you know, a kid especially, how to best make up those stories. Yes. The, 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 the big fail with most kids is how elaborate their stories get. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't simply just say something in a puddle. They have to have a story that's like this deep, elaborate. Oh yeah, there's a rival gang, or yeah, yeah, and it was a yeah. it was a corn harvesting issue. I don't know. What it was. <laughs> Always blame the corn. That's my motto. <laughs> yes, that's right. So, 
But anyway, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's that's the only uh, story really that uh, that I'm going to share. So well, anyway, you know, why don't you from there? Why don't we just let's hear about uh, first of all uh, for those who who are new to the podcast and new to who Dave and I, and and I are is we've been on. In 2011, we started a one-year quest to catch and eat every kind of freshwater fish in New Hampshire. We called the quest Catch Em All. It was catch-m-all. Um, you can read our stories at fishnerds.com or catchemall.com. And we were hunting all these fish down. We had the locations where they lived. And we spent – by the way, we're, on that, we're still on that one-year quest. It's two right. years ago. Don't ask. <laughs> Don't ask. But <laughs> We're working but we, on it. We spent well over a year hunting – the rarest sunfish in New Hampshire. Yes. Uh, and and that's what Dave's going to talk about now. So I'm going to let Dave get into that story. Yes. Yeah, okay. So the, the, the rarest sunfish in New Hampshire is the banded sunfish. And uh, the banded it's sunfish... So we, 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 always, we always call them Mr. Stripey because... <laughs> You know, we're more formal than most. But. <laughs> but we went out looking for Mr. Stripey uh, there for a while. It was like every week. Uh, we had the fishing game data. We were out trying to catch these. Now, uh, you know, you got to understand, a trophy banded sunfish is, you know, tips the scales at maybe five ounces, maybe. Uh, the thing uh, grows three inches long. Um, they're neat. You have to pay attention when you're catching a bunch of little sunfish. Uh, the key features is that its tail is round instead of kind of forked like the other um, uh, sunfish. And yeah, they look uh, kind of like a fan, like a, one of those Chinese like gift fans you find at a gift shop. Just yeah, a really pretty fan. So. And and um, so I was at the uh, Taylor River trying to get a. Creek chub sucker. That that's our latest uh, bane of our existence. Trying to get a creek chub sucker. And I hate that fish. I hate that fish. I'm gonna eat that fish <laughs> I when I wait to kill him. <laughs> I'm gonna eat his brain. <laughs> so it's just week after week after week we go looking for this fish. Um, but anyway, so I'm I'm fishing in this spot, and uh, uh, this last weekend, sure enough, I caught a banded sunfish, and I figured out how to get them. So uh, they're really interesting. You could check on the website with this podcast. I'll post the pictures. Um, they're little, little chubby little butterball kind of fish too. They're very, very cute. And uh, the thing is, they live really super tight to the structure. So uh, small hooks, a little bit of worm, put right in the thick. I. I drop this straight down into a uh, pile of sticks and uh sure enough he was right there but sort of the outside outside of this ball of sticks was dominated by pumpkin seeds and so i would catch pumpkin seed sunfish right and left out of there but as soon as i got in just kind of bizarrely insanely tight into the into the um undergrowth uh that's where mr stripey was yeah, so and this fish that you know this fish is a, is a fish probably i would say Except for maybe a few guys at microfishing.com, I think most people don't care or have never even seen or heard of this little fish. Yep. But, you know, we killed one. We killed one. We ate it. We and ate it. Uh, they made a, a recipe called Ban- Bandito Banded Sunfish. And, uh, <laughs> it was awesome. We we ate it. We took a bite out of the bite out of the sunfish, bite out of the lime, and a shot of tequila. It was awesome. Yeah, and the um, tequila part was awesome. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, so now I know how to catch a banded sunfish. Um, so now I, I'm an official banded sunfish guide. If uh, <laughs> if anybody wants to pay a trip, it's uh, three fifty per person. Three dollars um, fifty cents bargain. <laughs> And you provide the chips. 
uh, in salsa. So anyway, uh, so that's my banded sunfish story. And and hopefully this Creek chub sucker is going to be the same story. Once we find them, then we'll be able to catch them left and right, but we're still looking. Uh, uh, Yeah. God, such a pain in the neck, (laughs) such a pain in the neck. But then, so then I'm working hard, slaving over the quest out here in this little Creek and, you know, Taylor river working my hardest. And what does clay do? He goes out and, and does real fishing. Well, yes. Well, no, I did real catching. You did real fishing. So. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so you, you were catching name brand fish. I was. I actually went, I, I it's tough because I'm supposed to be chasing long nose suckers. <laughs> yes, you are. are. I'm supposed, and I've been, and I put time in, Dave, so settle down. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I've been out uh, for days and days for this stupid fish. But I, it's at least 40 minute drive from my house to the nearest body of water that has that fish. Yeah. I've got a wife. I've got kids, and I want to keep them. So sometimes, if I only have two hours free, I don't. I'm not driving that far away to turn around and come back empty-handed. I'm going to fish locally, and I've caught all my local fish. Yes, you have. Unlike unlike you, Dave Kellum. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, you know, the other night, my friend Chris uh, says. Hey, Clay, let's go fishing. I have a boat now, so I'm more popular than ever. So he says, let's go bass fishing. I know a good spot. So we grab a package of rubber worms and some big old hooks, and we cruise out to his super secret log, uh, smallmouth bass honey hole, which is on Conway Lake in Conway, New Hampshire, oddly. And uh, we cruise on out, and it's a bright, sunny day, and... Chris and I immediately debate what color rubber worm do we use. Right. So uh, I look at my bag, and all I had was purple, dark purple. He looked in his bag, and all he had was dark purple. So that debate ended right there. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right there. And then the debate was, how do we hook them on? All right. And so normally when I'm bass fishing, I hook, and we're using – um we're using kind of a thick-bodied rubber worm, like uh, like a Yoka, Yokohama. Does that sound right? That's steakhouses. That's uh, <laughs> well, well, I want to say Gary Nakamori, or <laughs> there's some great-sounding Japanese name brand thing I like to use, and I can't right. ever get the name right. Yeah, Gary I, I, I don't know it either. It's Gary something. Yeah, Yakamoto, but, I think. Yeah, Yakamoto. They're, they're terrific. Anyway, get one that's about five inch, half inches long, and I usually hook them down with an offset shank two-watt hook, and I we're going to really get hook and bullet here. Um, and I run the worm through the hook, and I set the shank of the the, the point of the hook into the worm so it's weedless. Yep. But this time of year, there's no weeds. No. There's, there's just open water, so there's no need to do that. So Chris hooks on what he calls wacky rigs. Have you heard of this, Dave? Wacky rigs. Wacky worms. Wha- wacky worms. You just take that worm and let you fish like a six-year-old. But <laughs> you just take the hook and put it through the middle of the worm and throw it in the water. <laughs> and it shouldn't catch fish. But it kills. <laughs> it's great. So. Well, the cool thing is when uh, when you pull it in, it, it bends, and then it just sits there and just kind of vibrates. Uh, it's weird. It's like a big old like frog legs with no frog attached Yeah, in the water. And you let it sit, and the fish just wail on it. It's great fun. Uh, so we went out fishing, and I hooked a 
and there'll be a video up soon because he, he's a videographer. He took a movie of it. But I, I hooked a big old smallmouth bass, bring it right away, and fought it all with a boat. And he's video making a video, and the, the net is about eight feet away from my hand. So, and I'm using six pound test. That's, that's I like to use real light gear for bass fishing because oh, nice. it's also happening the rod in my hand. Um, so I get the fish to the boat. It's bending. It's flashing. It's having a great time being a well, actually, probably not having a very good time being a fish at all, but I'm having a great time of it being a fish. And I make a classic rookie blunder. Yes. What do you think I did, Dave? What do you think I did? <laughs> I know what you did. You know what I did. I grabbed the stupid <laughs> fishing line. That's what I did. And every everyone will tell you, don't touch the line. Grab the fish by its giant bucket mouth and pull it out of the water. So you're supposed to put your thumb in their, in their lip and, and pull it out of the water. And yep. I grabbed the line thinking I could just horse into the boat. And as soon as my giant sausage fingers touch the fishing line, <laughs> you hear that classic ping, <laughs> splunk. <laughs> Game oh, oh. oh, Fish kept it. Sadness. Yeah, but it. It brings up an interesting problem, you know, because not an interesting problem. It's in debate because we we were talking about fish worm, the worm color. The next day, I went out. Saw, it was Mother's Day. Yeah, I got to go fishing on Mother's Day. I know. <laughs> that's 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 tricky. I, well, I I met my other friend out at six in the morning on Mother's Day, and I had this time I had bright colored worms. Yeah, and we went out to this very same spot on the very same lake, and all I had was bright green worms, and it was a it was a Bright sunny day still, and we were casting out and nothing. <laughs> the fish didn't care. Wow! Hooked them wacky, hooked them regular, nothing. Cruised a few more spots and nothing. Mm. So then uh, my friend tossed me a purple one, another another purple worm. Yeah. And we, we it took an hour of casting green ones. By the way. Yeah. Okay. Put that worm back on there, the dark color worm. Yeah. And we cast it out there, and both of us slammed. Big old three pounder smallies. Wow. And wow. they were awesome. Fighting and jumping out of the water and wiggling. So we got two, eight, ended up with two each on the dark colored rubber worms on a bright sunny day. Wow. That's not supposed to work. That's not supposed to work, but that's twice where that's worked. Yeah. They, in, in two days in a row. So yeah, the, the question is, is it supposed to work? Why did it work? And is there any science here or is it just lucky? Right. What do you I, think? I think it's illiterate bass. I think they're not watching or reading Bass Pro Shop uh, articles. Because uh, they really should. This field and stream guy should really communicate better with their uh, with I, their bucket mouths. <laughs> that's right. I think a fish literacy program is in order because they, they clearly should. don't know what they're doing. They need to do a little pamphlet bombing for those <laughs> yeah, fish. <that's> right. <laughs> so it's supposed to be the the color of your of your bait should be the opposite of the day. So if it's bright out, you should be using dark baits. And no, I always heard the opposite. I always heard well, really? Yeah, I always heard bright days, bright colors; dark days, dark colors. That's what I always heard. Wow. You know, I, and and I never pay that close attention. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you you never really know. I always use whatever I have in my bag. Well, see, that's it. You know, I mean, it's it's not like you're going to go in and buy a rainbow of colors kind of thing. Well, why would you? I mean, shop. If the if it's if the recommendation is dark, light, light, dark, the correct no one says purple, red, green, or yellow. They say 
shades. Right. You know, and and the, the fish are doing reaction strikes anyway. If they had time to think about it, yes. they would go, I'm not eating that thing. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a big old rubber worm. So they wouldn't bother. <laughs> so on the subject of going in and buying worms, I just want to make this clarity. While you were telling your story, I was really concerned that we couldn't figure out the name of those worms, you know, the wacky worms. Right. And we said it was maybe Yakamoto. Yes. Yakamoto is a photographer that takes uh, nude bondage fetish photography. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know how I know that name, and uh, I I want to expunge that from the record, if we could. (laughs) Expunge a word? (laughs) I'm not looking it up, I'll tell you that. (laughs) The worm name is Yamamoto. Yamamoto. Okay. Yamamoto. So I like those things. <laughs> yes, those are good. The other things, Wacky Worm has a whole other meaning. You don't want to mess with it. So, <laughs> so Gary, Yamamoto, Wacky Worm, Senko, Soft Baits. That's what you want. Well, good. And you'll see, uh, we'll be writing up an article on fishners.com that will explain uh, worm color theory, uh, according to the experts. Yep. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the science of worm color on there. And hopefully we can find some examples of controlled studies because the problem with saying, Oh, you got to use this color worm on this color day. And then you have an example of it. Those are all anecdotal examples. Yes. The fact that it works or doesn't work on that particular day in that spot, there are so many other variables that play. I'm a science teacher, so I'm going to geek out here for a minute. Okay. But there are so many other variables that play into why you caught a fish at that spot at that particular time. You know, that could be the fact that you floated 20 feet downstream to where a hungrier fish lives. Maybe there was other, other bait in the water that the fish were out of frenzy. Maybe there were no fish where you were fishing the first time. <laughs> so who knows what it was. Maybe somewhere in New Mexico, a bird died and splashed into the water. And that water <laughs> created a ripple across is there what, name a body of water in New Mexico? I picked a terrible state. Uh, uh, Rio no Grande. Idea. Rio Grande. <laughs> in the Rio Grande. And that flowed out to the Gulf of Mexico somehow. And in there, a fish ate whatever. I forgot. I lost my train of thought. But what if that <laughs> had like a butterfly effect all the way across and caused that bass to eat that worm on that particular day? Yeah, it's probably that's probably right. <laughs> or what if the only people care about worm color are the people selling worms? <laughs> that <laughs> could be a real theory. So, that, anyway. That's that's true. And um, I just looked this up, by the way. So, what about color blindness? So, eight percent of the men in the population are color blind. So, what percentage of fish are color blind? I know. Come on. <laughs> uh, curious, curious. Now, <laughs> curious. I just on a sidebar, and, I, and we, I'm not going to talk about it today, but we can geek out more later. But I had once had a student when I was teaching science for a science project teach a largemouth bass the color purple. Ooh. We'll save that for a future uh, whole long story. It's very interesting, and it's junk science, but it's really cool. So. <laughs> it's good junk. Good junk. Junk food. Yeah. All right. So, so that's that's good. That's what we'll... we'll uh, We've had the rubber worm color debate, and uh, that's good. Yeah, and feel free, by the way, on our Fish Nerds Facebook page to start your own debate. We'd love to argue with you or agree or pretend to agree just to shut you up. Anything to get action on Facebook would be great. (laughs) Except the Yakamoto thing. Don't do that. (laughs) Don't share that. (laughs) Don't share that. Don't want that shared. (laughs) Well, share it in a message. I want to see it. So, uh, we got two more things, two more segments in the podcast, uh, bizarre fishing gifts. 
Yeah, boy, you know, it's as as when you, when you're an avid angler or even semi-avid, people stop thinking about what can I buy this person that's interesting for a gift, and they just think that person likes fishing. I have to buy them fishing gifts, yep. and they know it's impossible. I mean, you can't buy an angler a lure, a fishing lure, because every bass fisherman fishes different. Some people use rubber worms, some use topwater bait, some whatever. There's so many different kinds. It's, it's a rainbow of stuff. So they end up buying wacky fishing things. And so in this segment, we're going to be looking for the next few weeks at different gifty fish things that people have gotten us. And this this happens to us. I have, I own a giant fish spatula. And it's beautiful. It's a great yeah. big stainless steel spatula that the, are they called blades? The, sure. The, yeah, the, the flat turny part of the spatula is probably nine inches across. Nine in, inch. in a diagonal measurement, you know. So a nine inch rectangle. This huge old thing. And it comes in a nice blister pack and it, you know, it's made for grilling fish. Yeah. And I got it probably seven years ago as a gift. And guess how many times, Dave, I've used it? <laughs> I'm going to go with zero. <laughs> zero. It's still in the blister pack. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if, I, if I'm ever stuck on a gift for a fish nerd, I know what to get them. <laughs> The fish regifting. Uh. Yeah, but I'm just trying to imagine. The reason I haven't used it is I try to vision myself using this thing. First of all, I rarely catch big fish. But second of all, like I'm trying to have this giant fish on the grill, and a giant spatula. I've never had a hard time rolling a fish over on the grill. <laughs> so I've never gone, you know, oh, I got a giant fish on the grill. If only I had a giant spatula, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, That's right. So. You're- you're an ungrateful bastard, you know that. I am a bad person. You know, my mother, my mother-in-law probably gave it to me as a gift, and so now she's <laughs> going to hear this podcast. I hope she at least listens. One more, one more listener would be real nice. But, By the way, hi Mike, how you doing? Yeah, Mike, thanks for listening. Michael Mize, our our listener, is uh, is enjoying it. Um, but it's it's one of many gifts we can get. But these giant spatulas, and you know what better way to say I love you than with the gift of a spatula. That that is true. That is true. <laughs> no, really, nothing, nothing says else. happiness like spatulas, <laughs> and it's a fun word, at least. So, at least you know, I'm I'm going to use it this summer sometime just to just to say I know how. <laughs> good. But That's I, a good I, goal. I hope I don't hurt anybody in the process. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. All right. Very good. Segment. Very good. How about some fish in the news? Fish, fish in the news. Indiana man could face charges for shooting fish. So, in Elkhart, Indiana. Do you know what Elkhart's famous for, by the way? I don't even know where Elkhart is. I, in fact, Dave, I don't even know where anything in the middle of the country is. <laughs> well, Indiana is right under Lake Michigan. Okay. Uh-huh. It's between Ohio and Illinois. Um, in northern Indiana is Elkhart. Elkhart was famous for band instruments. They were the con band instruments. So anybody that had a brass, a trumpet, a saxophone, tuba, they probably came from Elkhart, Indiana. Really? Really. It's true. Um, uh, who knew? Yeah, who knew? Yeah. <laughs> so, but they're, uh, I think they're now out of, they moved out of Elkhart. Anyway, so in northern Indiana, a man who allegedly shot a 42 inch long muskie with a bow and arrow, could face formal charges for killing the fish. Wow, I was going to go like the fish prison. <laughs> yes, fish prison. I mean, don't for... every week we talk about people going to fish prison. Didn't last week we talk about fish prison also? We did, we did. Well, this yeah. guy deserves it because he, he not only shot it, right? So there's uh-huh. this big... 
this arrow hole in the muskie. But then he took it to a taxidermist. And uh, so the taxidermist was like, dude, I'm going to report you. So he called, I, I assume he called the conservation officers and uh, got the guy arrested. But, you know, how, how do you get around that? You know, the guy's a taxidermist. He's seen fish before. Right. He's so busted. I, I, I dropped it and it landed on a spear. You know, <laughs> so it. I, I thought it was going for a knife. So I, you know, self defense. I don't know. Self defense. Well, so when this guy goes to fish prison, he's in jail with those eel poachers. Right. Are you going to have this whole like counterculture prison group of people who just do bad things to fish? There's probably a fish nerds gang that we don't know about. It's gangs, and they have like instead of teardrop tattoos, they just have water droplets, or they yeah, have that's right scales, fish know, scales, scales on their left eye. They all have a little scale. They're like rainbow fish, you know. They just share that scale with each one. So, yeah, so I like that. And they're gonna go against up the rival gangs, you know, the people who do dog fighting or something. Right, exactly. They're the, but yeah. they're, you know, they're the fish heads. So uh, yeah, yeah. You know, man, I can't stand those fish heads. You know. <laughs> so anyway, that's fish in the news. Don't shoot a fish and then try to get it stuffed. You know, and it, it's funny because in, in you can shoot fish in that state, right? You can. You can shoot gar. You can shoot carp. You can shoot shad. You can shoot suckers. You can shoot all sorts of stuff, but you can't shoot game fish. Now, can he? Can he just claim like? He thought the fish was somebody else. <laughs> I, you know, I missed, like ah, oh, I did. I thought it was a gar. I, I, he could. Yeah, he probably should have, but probably when he turned it in, wanted it mounted. Uh, <laughs> and you know, he, he's probably one of those guys who brags a lot, like us, right? So he got the big fish and immediately put it up on Facebook or something, and, and then went over. So it's probably easy to track the evidence that he got that fish. Yeah, I, I would think. I would think he's he made many mistakes. So yeah, when you first said shoot, I thought you would be talking about like with a forty-five or something. Just right. That happened. Yeah. That shoot it. So, yeah, that happens too. So uh, in Indiana, that's crazy. Uh, well, yeah. That actually, it's not legal in Indiana, but in Vermont, you can shoot fish. Oh, I see a whole show coming up. <laughs> we'll get rid of the whole fishing thing and just go hunting fish. Just go hunting. That's awesome. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. So this has been now our longest podcast, and we started with nothing to say. So that's oh, something. Oh, look at that. It's all those fish stories. And it's a it's fun thing about fishing is the stories get better and better the more you tell them. So. They do. So our, And to our listener... Um, are you a fish nerd? Do you know a fish nerd? If you answered yes to either of these questions, you could be a fish nerd correspondent. Email us at alalama at fishnerds.com. I don't know. That was a typo. That's a typo. That's a new one. That's, I don't know. That's in the I script. tried to write, I'm a fish nerd <laughs> at fishnerd.com. I don't know how that happened. So. We got a llama. Okay. Yeah, you can you can type in any word you want at fishnerds.com and we'll get it. <laughs> so, right. so we used to if have you want to write a la llama, have a great time. <laughs> so, sorry about the typo. Uh, also, if you want to see the Fish Nerds live, live, live uh, on May 30th, that's this month, Dave. 
This We're going to be at Tin Mountain Conservation Center in Albany, New Hampshire at 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to talk about all about our quest to catch and eat every kind of freshwater fish in New Hampshire. And Exciting. We'll have lots of cool pictures and a slideshow. We'll even bring in something interesting that pro- that no one in that crowd will have ever eaten before. That's true. That that's is true. Yeah. yeah, that's a promise. You can take that to the bank. Yeah, and if you can cash it, let us know how you did that, and we'll do the same. So. <laughs> All right, so that that concludes this podcast uh, of the uh, that concludes the podcast. So remember, from Albacore to Xander, we are the source for fishy stuff. Yep, and remember, we troll the internet, so you don't have to. Fishnerds.com. <laughs>